Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. It's a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, the biggest state in the country, California. California's our general manager today because today I do have a recall election going on today in California. Um, the latest polling showing that the lunkhead governor, Gavin Newsom, will likely keep his job, but I'm hoping that's not true. And we'll see. We had an early dinner. That's right. We'll see based on the turnout, because nobody has any idea what the turnout's going to be. That's the big X factor in all of this. Uh, Crank up the music, Michael. It's an information party. We're going to bring the information hard today. That's our goal. Hearings about Afghanistan going on yesterday and today. Ba-ba-da-ba-da. We'll play some of the highlights from the hearings later, but um, I, these hearings, it's just always so disappointing. I don't understand why Republicans, Democrats, whenever they've, 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 they've got somebody they want to hold their feet to the fire, why they can't coordinate their questions and try to build a case over time like their prosecutors. Um, most of, almost all of them are lawyers, so they know how that whole thing works, but they don't, and we all know why they don't. Because they want to get on TV and uh, and get a sound clip on the local news back what in whatever district they're from, and that's what ends up being these uh, these congressional hearings all the time. And most of the time, the hearings are not that consequential. They're talking about or talking to Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook or whatever it is, right? Um, but this Afghanistan stuff is serious, and uh, we really do need to know uh, who made what decision when and. and and uh, and and who's to blame and uh, put more uh, pressure on people to resign and that sort of thing. And I just wish they'd build a case. But anyway, we're going to play some of the highlights from those hearings coming up a little bit later. Uh, let's kick off the show officially. Then I got a few more things I want to say about the uh, the recall, which is going on today. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday already, September the 14th, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's do a little something called starting the show officially at, uh, let's call it at Mark. Here they come. Blitz is picked up. Jones is open. Jackpot, baby. Vegas touchdown. This time, no doubt. Put it in the W column, baby. This one's over. There's a lot more babies in that uh, highlight than I'm used to. At least three babies. Uh, Raiders won last night, Michael. Is that what happened? They beat the Ravens yes, in they did. Monday Night Football. Very exciting. Was it in Las Vegas? Yep. First time within. Uh, first time in front of fans. First Monday Night Football in Las Vegas with fans. Very exciting. I'll bet that was a fun time, too. That, 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 so finally this year, people get to experience with the whole... Because the whole plan with uh, having a team in Las Vegas was um, people like to go to Vegas. So you wait till your team plays the Raiders, assuming your team is not the Raiders. You know, you're a Packers fan or you're a whatever fan. And when your team plays the Raiders in Las Vegas, you go to Las Vegas, watch the game, and then you're out onto the strip doing your thing. And that sounds like a pretty good time. If you haven't been to Las Vegas and seen where the stadium is, first of all, it looks amazing. And it's right there. I mean, you cross the street and you're right at the heart 
of the uh, the Vegas Strip, and that would be that'd be a heck of a fun day. Football game, and then go over there in the casinos and the swimming and everything. Very very cool. Um, but so yes, the uh, recall election is going on today. Everybody got a mail in ballot. I don't know what percentage of people mailed them in. What percentage of people are going to show up at the polls today? That could have an effect on what the polls were saying. Is that Gavin Newsom is likely to hold on to his job by a sixty uh, forty margin? Again, have no idea if that's true or not. But here's what I don't think is true, and I've never bought into ever in my life. I've never bought into the idea that in individual congressional races or uh, governorships or whatever are some sort of bellwether for the rest of the country. And all the pundits are trying to make out that if uh, Gavin holds on, it means that the Democrats are more likely to keep the House next year. I just I just I've never bought that crap. Um I've always thought it's about the, the the individual local situation and people who are watching it from New York and Washington, D.C., they don't know what people are all pissed off about in California. And as a Californian, I can tell you that uh, the the homeless everywhere, the state being on fire, the fact that your electricity gets turned off if it's windy or hot um, and just, you know, bums everywhere, drug addicts everywhere, uh, the taxes out of hand, the roads crappy. Is all that at the feet of Gavin Newsom? No, but you got to blame somebody, and he's got something to do with it. He certainly ain't trying to fix it. So uh, I'd love to see him get recalled. We're actually talking to Larry Elder, the leading candidate to replace Gavin Newsom, a little later in the program, and uh, that'll be a good time as um, some interesting things have occurred in that campaign in recent days. Anyway, so we'll have the highlights from the hearings. We'll talk to Larry Elder a little bit later. we got mailbag on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. And uh, let us know what's on your mind. We'll be right back. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. It's like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. Can we mandate vaccines across the country? No, that's not a role that the federal government, I think, even has the power to make. We cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. That is just hilarious. I mean, that is hilarious. Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Anthony Fauci strongly arguing, and Jen Psaki, strongly arguing how you can't have a a vaccine mandate. I mean, it's unenforceable, it's un-American, it's a privacy violation, it's not something we have the power to do, we we just can't do that. And last week they did it. That is just hilarious. Anyway, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, I wanted to get to this. Did you update your iPhone last night? I know a lot of you have iPhones. A lot of all of us have iPhones. I meant to, and I completely forgot, because Apple announced yesterday, hey, 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 update to the latest software, and it's not just because there's a new Candy Crush available or it makes your phone have a cool new filter. No, there's some spyware out there that they discovered is in all of our phones, and the only way to get rid of it is this iPhone update. I'll read from the New York Times version of this story. Apple issues emergency security updates to close a spyware flaw. 
Apple issued an emergency software update yesterday for a crucial vulnerability in its products on uh, after security researchers uncovered a flaw that allows highly invasive spyware to infect anyone's iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, or Mac computer without even clicking on anything. Apple's security team had worked around the clock to develop a fix since last week, and um, researchers think they have a fix, but you've got to... The spyware is called Pegasus. And it used a novel method, they claim. I wouldn't know what's novel in the world of hacking to uh, to invisibly infect Apple devices without you having any idea that it's in your phone. It's known as a zero-click remote exploit, is what they call it in the hacking business or the spyware business. It's considered the holy grail of surveillance because it allows governments, mercenaries, and criminals to secretly break into your device without tipping you off. Um, you know, a lot of times when you get a virus or anything like that, it's it's pretty obvious your phone doesn't work, your computer doesn't work, whatever. But this this shows up, and everything is fine, and you haven't don't have any idea. But whoever's on the other side of it is bouncing around inside your computer, stealing passwords, looking at your information, and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, Apple announced yesterday that uh, you need to download the latest software, and I'm, I I personally meant to do this last night. Uh, they issued the software update yesterday afternoon. And it's just the usual way that you go to updates. In the past, says the New York Times, victims learned their devices were infected by spyware only after receiving a suspicious link texted to their phone or email and sharing the link with journalists or cybersecurity experts. But this zero-click capability meant victims received no such prompt, and the flaw enabled full access to a person's digital life, such as abilities to... um, um, steal money out of bank accounts, all kinds of different things. They have full roam in your computer or your phone with this particular spyware. So I highly recommend, I know I'm going to install the iOS 14.8 uh, for my iPhone today. And that's just some little news you can use. We ought to mention that several times throughout the show, because like Michael, you hadn't heard that story, right? No, but and, I'm... Just thinking, I just hope this new system doesn't slow my phone and suddenly i got to go out and buy the new iPhone 13. <laughs> right. That'd be funny. Um, yeah, I don't think that's what it is. I think Apple's really in a panic about this because Apple products, you know, are kind of legendarily known for you just don't get near as many viruses and all that sort of stuff with Apple products. And this is a big one, and they want to be able to take care of it fast so they can keep that rep going. Um, yeah, the, 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 the announcement comes out today from... Apple, it is, you got to admit, that is a little coincidental. The timing of that is, hey, we got our new software out. You should download, and here's the new iPhone, which they're going to announce today. Uh, Nobody knows yet if Apple is going to call it the iPhone 13. As I mentioned yesterday, a survey found that 18% of Apple users are uncomfortable with an iPhone 13 because of the, uh, the whole 13 is a bad luck number thing. If you are bothered by an iPhone 13, you are what uh, psychologists call an idiot. And uh, you probably, I don't know how you have enough money to own an iPhone if an iPhone 13 worries you. So (laughs) anyway, that announcement is expected to come out today, and I'm sure it'll get plenty of press, including here, as to what's going on there. Uh, I don't know if I have time to fully get into this uh, right now. And I'm as uh, sick of everything COVID as you are, but this is a pretty big study that came out yesterday that backed up what a lot of y'all have been saying for about a year and a half. Turns out the whole dying with COVID as opposed to of COVID or being in the hospital with COVID as opposed to because of COVID is a real thing. 
in terms of keeping the statistics on these cases. And a big study came out yesterday to back that up. And this is in The Atlantic, which is not exactly a right-wing journal, if you know anything about it. Our most reliable pandemic number is losing meaning or lost meaning a long time ago. A new study suggests that almost half of those hospitalized with COVID-19 have mild or asymptomatic cases. In other words, they're not in the hospital because they have COVID. They're just in the hospital for something else, and they tested positive for COVID. So my son was in the hospital. We were in the emergency room. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. We're in the emergency room. The first thing they do with him is they swab his nose to see if he's got COVID. He's not there for COVID. He's there for some something completely different. But they swab his nose. Turns out he doesn't have it. But if he had tested positive for COVID, he would have been considered a COVID hospitalization, even though he had no symptoms, and that's not the reason we were there. By the way, they didn't check me for COVID, and I was with him the whole 24 hours, we're at the emergency room, so I'm not exactly sure what that means. But anyway, so this new study says that as many as half of the cases that you hear about in hospitalizations might be these, where you went in for any other thing. Maybe it's a, 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 a psychiatric problem. Maybe it's a broken ankle. It could be anything. They swab your nose. Turns out you have COVID, and that goes down as a hospitalization, um, a COVID hospitalization. And they go through the numbers, and uh, the Atlantic points out that the number of patients hospitalized for COVID in the United States right now is as high as it's been since uh, the beginning of uh, last February. And it's even worse in places like Arkansas and Oregon, along with several other states, have got the highest hospitalization rate that they've ever had since this whole stupid thing started. And people are pointing to Delta and, oh, my God, why, why, why this is why they have an outdoor mask mandate in Oregon. Um, but the Atlantic points out, how much do these case numbers tell us when we now know that as many as half of the cases uh, are people with COVID not there because they have COVID? According to researchers, 40 to 45% of the hospitalizations that they examined were for patients in the latter group. That is the, the group that went in for other reasons, tested positive for COVID, but have zero or mild symptoms, not symptoms enough to cause hospitalization. And that study was done from uh, March on, but they don't have any reason to believe that it wasn't as true going back. So this whole time when we've been getting all the emails and texts from y'all saying, hey, look, a guy got hit by a bus, he tested positive for COVID, and they're calling that a COVID death. Yeah, apparently that was going on, and to great extent. From mid-January through the end of June 2021, the number has risen to 48%. The study suggests that roughly half of all the hospitalized patients showing up on COVID data dashboards in 2021 and being spouted by the president or governors or Fauci or MSNBC and CNN all day long they may have been admitted for another reason entirely and had a mild to uh, zero symptoms from the disease. Um, and there are some cases with some hospitals that that half is an average. They found some hospitals were one hospital where 57 percent of the people they were calling a covid hospitalization were there with covid, not because of covid. Fifty seven percent. And you know that in that town and in that state, they're making a big deal out of those numbers and making decisions about whether or not your restaurant can be open or whether or not your kid can go to school and whether or not you, they should have a vaccine mandate and whether or not you got to wear a mask all the time. And it's all bunk. It's all crap. 
Good on the Atlantic for having the guts to print that, because I guarantee you they're getting a hell of a lot of pushback from the uh, the mask scene side, the people that want mask and vaccine mandates. But th- this is this is huge. I think this is big enough that Fauci ought to be commenting on this today. Jim Psaki should be asked about this day. The president should have to comment on this today. This is a very big deal. All the crap we've been hearing for the last, well, year and a half, but certainly the last several weeks. There, there are, well, there are riots all around the world. I don't know if this is the same thing, the same way they're handling it in uh, Paris where they're having riots or Australia where they're having riots over this. If their numbers are the same, but people are rioting all over the world over the idea of being forced to shut their business or get the vaccine or wear a mask. And it turns out half the hospitalizations are phony, have nothing to do with the, the, the actual hospitalization rate. That's a big, big story. So we'll mention that a couple of times today to make sure you know, the two things we got to mention today, make sure everybody hears one half the hospitalizations may be bunk. And two, you got to get that uh, new Apple software. If you don't want um, some spies bumping around in your bank account or looking at your web history or whatever it is you're frightened of. Um, I'll tell you what, you bounce around in my uh, phone, you're going to be awful bored. You're going to say, this guy sure reads a lot about geopolitics. This is boring. This is a boring phone. Let me go to a different phone, says the uh, 400-pound fat guy sitting on his bed. <laughs> anyway, we've got more on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The MTV Music Awards Video Music Awards were held last night. Madonna made a surprise appearance to open the show. The audience was so shocked, they all got out their phones and looked her up on Wikipedia. I know they're young. I know. Yeah, that's a decent point from Seth Meyers. Now, I didn't see the Video Music Awards, so it's not exactly my... uh my thing, but um, Madonna's heyday was 30 years ago, 30 to 40 years ago. Um, mm, yeah, then she had that half-life of the superstar for quite some time. Oh, yeah, 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 no doubt about it, but uh, there, there, she's a legend and all that sort of, but she's kind of like a Tony Bennett character for that generation now, isn't she? Well, and at least Tony Bennett has the decency to cover his ass. <laughs> Which I appreciate. I'm glad Tony Bennett doesn't come out showing his septuagenarian cheeks. Indeed. Uh, Among things we should mention, uh, maybe we'll get into this further later. Iran, according to the New York Times, is within roughly a month of having enough material to fuel a single nuclear weapon. The country has not been this close to a weapon capability since before President Obama agreed to the 2015 nuclear accord. So Iran's about a month out from being able to build a nuclear weapon, or at least have enough material to build a nuclear weapon, we think. So well, that's great. Uh, meanwhile, in Asia, the artist formerly known as Fathead, or I should say the dictator formerly known as Fathead, Kim Jong-un, I- I'm, give, uh, yeah, I'm giving the boy credit for the work he's done. He's looking very slow. He'd lost a bunch of weight. If you haven't seen it, he's, he, he's dropped, I think, at least 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. Keto. Keto. Just eating the flesh of dissidents. It works. Anyway, uh, so he's just tested a uh, medium-range ICBM or something like that, so that everybody's jumping ugly. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. world keeps getting more interesting. Yep. Um, 
This just came across my desk that Alex dug up. So part of the new tax proposal from the Democrats, if you add this all together, the highest tax areas of the country would be. Now, this is for the highest earners, okay? So uh, a lot of you might think, what do I care if those people pay higher taxes? Um, the problem, of course, is that uh, if if only a small slice of America is footing the bill for things, then all kinds of things get done that might not be good for the country, and nobody else cares about this stuff. And that, that's really the problem. Nobody, exactly. Not enough people have skin in the game. Uh, top-earning New Yorkers will face a 61.2% combined tax under the new House plan. 61.2%. Now, yesterday in New York, and I hate to even mention this because I am not fascinated with everything that happens in New York. And I'm certainly not fascinated with what the rich and powerful do in New York. But they had their stupid Met Gala that I only hear about every year because super famous, important people go and wear expensive clothes. AOC showed up in a very tight-fitting and uh, form-fitting dress that said, Tax the Rich on it. It was written on, on her dress, Tax the Rich. This is at a $30,000 a ticket get-together with the richest people in America, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but um, for those of you who are in the tax the rich crowd and, you know, the whole, when are they going to pay their fair share? What is the fair share? What I, I've just always wanted to hear, what, what do you think the number is? What, 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 what is the right number? It's higher than 61.2%? Or higher than what Californians will face a 59.7% tax rate. Almost 60% of your income. Wow. That is something. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and a small number. But uh, Gavin and the Democrats through the years have done a brilliant job, like you were describing, of narrowing the tax base. So there aren't enough votes to overturn the spending that's happening. Which hour in the show do we have Larry Elder on the program, Hanson? Whisper in my ear. Third hour, he whispers. <laughs> He, he actually, literally whispers. He Hilarious. actually whispered, kind of like Gavin Newsom, third hour. Um, yeah, we'll talk to Larry Elder, who's running for a governor in California. If Gavin Newsom gets recalled, Larry Elder will most likely be the person who ends up being the governor. Uh, what's your prediction for today? You can't make me. How come? I did come across some great analysis of why the Republican Party is in the straits it's in in California and what that means, which I can share with you a little bit later. Okay. I don't know. I just It's like predicting that my favorite team is going to get its hiney waxed. I just I, I take no pleasure in it. I take no joy. I, I, I don't love the chances of those of us who want to boot greasy Gavin out of office. Creepy, creepy Gavin Newsom. Mm. Com- did- jumping about with the president yesterday. Getting all, you know, uh, world-class politician-y with his sexy wife who takes bribes from PG&E. It was all very disgusting. Uh, yeah, uh, the one thing I wanted to say to Larry Elder uh, when we have him on later is congratulations. Apparently, you made the Democrats nervous. I mean, if they sent out Kamala Harris and President Biden and uh, all the other people that they sent out, they must must think it's a, a for real battle, something they need to be concerned about. Yeah, some of the messaging's been hilarious, saying Larry Elder is just a Trump clone. This is all about Trump. Gavin Newsom is running against Trump, which is really kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, the whole what, a black face of white supremacy thing did not get near enough attention. The L.A. Times stating that. That did not get near enough attention. Shouldn't, that be, shouldn't people dig down on that? Shouldn't there be like a national conversation of whether that's a thing or not? 
the L.A. Times editorial board called Larry Elder and it Uncle Tom. Let's just be honest about it. They absolutely accused him of stepping outside the required, the obligatory thoughts of black people, which are approved by the L.A. Times, and accused him of being, a, you know, there's an old expression for that, even harsher than Uncle Tom, which I will not use. Uh, but it's awful. It's an awful thing to say about a human being, particularly one as bright, capable, and accomplished as Larry. So we uh, didn't get to spend enough time yesterday on this story of the transgender fighter who beat up that girl uh, the other day in an MMA fight. Oh, my God. I saw some of the still pics. I couldn't bring myself to watch the video. Yeah, it's oh, pretty it rough. Was, it was horrific. It was it was like watching a crime, which is what it was. It's pretty rough. Andy No posted some pictures on his uh, Twitter feed yesterday of this uh, woman who won from back when she was a man, which is not that many years ago, uh, he was a U.S. Army Special Forces soldier and uh, just absolutely a brick S-house and ripped and a dude and all of the strength that comes with being a dude um, as opposed to a woman. And uh, he... Uh, uh, believes he is meant to be uh, a woman, and that could absolutely be true. I don't have any problem with that. I do have problem with people that are biologically men, though, beating the crap out of, well, choking to submission a girl. So you look at these two people standing there, and if you're looking, if you're squinting and you're looking back and you're saying, well, there's a girl there and there's a dude there, and that, of course that dude beat the crap out of that girl. Look at, his, look at him. His skeleton, his frame, his size, everything screams male. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a brutality. It really is. It's a sick, sick spectacle that took place because, you know, yeah, he choked her out. For first, he smashed her in the face over and over again till he can get a position in a position to choke her out. Yeah, it was obscene. I cannot believe any any athletic body sanctioned that. No, I, I can't believe it either. And I can't believe it. Well, I know why it doesn't get more attention, because everybody's scared of this issue and I don't I don't blame people for being scared. I get nervous talking about this myself cuz we say the wrong word or the wrong tone and we've got serious problems. Because that's the world we live in right now. It's freaking crazy. Um but so the reason this is not getting more attention from more people that I'm sure agree with this is because they're just afraid of getting in trouble with uh with the trans community, which again, I don't have any problem with this guy this, you know, coming to the conclusion that he's he's meant to be a woman. Of course um, not. It's none of our business. But he doesn't get to beat the crap out of girls. Right. And and I haven't heard anything from this woman that got beat up. And she probably was told, hey, keep your mouth shut. Just take your loss and move on. So that they don't run into problems with advertisers and everything also. But it's just. Yeah, like well, if, if I was her, I would not do that. I would not go along. You're the victim of a crime. Don't be silenced. I saw a little bit of the video and I, and I looked away because I just I found it hard to take. I mean, it was just a much bigger, stronger person beating the crap out of a girl. And what what the hell? What, I mean, where what what level of craziness can we get to in this country? I really, really recommend people read James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose's cynical theory, cynical theories, which explains the twisted strategy that all of this is to erase all lines to deny that there's any such thing as male and female to 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 grab the reins of power and and say discrimination is justice and it's just it's so sick but they're vicious enough they have people cowed into compliance by the way their cohort peter bogosian uh their cohort from other 
projects. Peter Bogosian, who resigned last week from Portland State, and we read his resignation letter, he posted something interesting over the weekend. So we're trying to get him on, and he um, he got back to us and said he promised Tucker the first interview, and then after that he's going to start doing other ones. So hopefully we'll have him on in the near future. But he tweeted over the weekend, he said, conservative hosts reaching out to me from all across the country no liberal hosts, no liberal journalists reached out and wanted to talk to him. So here's a guy who's a liberal. He's not a conservative. He's an atheist. He's a, he's a believes all the things you care about, the normal things, not this other crap, not this other weird stuff. But he believes, he believes in all the stuff traditional liberals, progressives believe in, and no liberal outlets want to interview him about resigning from, an inter, from a university because they're being illiberal. Right. No free exchange of ideas, no dissent, none allowed, just one opinion, which must be parroted over and over again. There are no liberals troubled by that? How can that be? I, I know, that's what he said. It's absolutely but, stunning. Come on, folks. Hippies, Berkeley, protests. Uh, hey, hey, LBJ, how many kids have you killed today? That was the American left. That was free expression. Now you don't value it anymore? In fact, you're in favor of a death cult that wants to ban it? The woke crowd? Come on, what happened to you people? So because of technical difficulties, we didn't get to do mailbag. Do you want to do that next? Uh, yeah, sure. We could make that happen, I think. Um, and we need to get more into, um, uh, need to remind people every hour to update their iPhone uh, software. I, geez, I wish I'd have done that last night. Damn it. How did I forget? Um, it's important. Uh, i got spies in there right now. Look at my kids' baby pics. Who knows <laughs> what they're doing? Uh, going into my water you want to read my email go ahead <laughs> that's what let I was, me know if there's anything important in there that's what i was saying you're gonna get really bored boy this guy reads a lot about geopolitics i just don't know if i can bounce around on this guy's phone any longer but i don't particularly want all my financial uh stuff stolen so yeah gotta update the phone um all that stuff on the way stay here armstrong and getty The Armstrong and Getty Show. Blinken yesterday faced harsh Republican criticism for the withdrawal and the chaos. Congressman Michael McCall. This was an unmitigated disaster of epic proportions. Blinken defended the withdrawal, saying the Biden administration had inherited the deadline, which came with no plan. There's no evidence that staying longer would have made the Afghan security forces or the Afghan government any more resilient. Today he goes before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. So that was uh, something yesterday. You had Tony Blinken facing some questions. That was uh, Michael McCall, Texas congressman you heard there. Let's hear a little more from him. We left Afghanistan as the Taliban celebrated their victory. And we've all seen the images and how sickening it is. We had an unconditional surrender to the Taliban. I never thought I would see this in my life. It's embarrassing, it's shameful, it's wrong to our veterans who served so well. Yeah, that's an angle of it. We haven't talked about that much. I've seen a couple of interviews and read a few things with guys that were over there, and they feel like their personal promise to a specific individual has been betrayed, and how just awful and gut-churning that is. 
And I can imagine you were over there for a tour of duty and you feel like this Afghan dude kept you alive mm-hmm. by being straight with you and helping you out and being your interpreter and, you know, watching out for Tyler Band and all that sort of stuff. And and you had an agreement that, of course, he was going to be able to get out at the end of this thing, that the United States and, protect him. Right. And everybody up the chain told you, absolutely, yeah, we will do that for your brother in arms. And so you no had this problem. personal relationship. And then you come back, you know, years ago, in some cases, you might have come back 15 years ago because we've been there for 20 years. And now you find out that that guy and his family are left behind. That would just be torturous to know that. Right. Right. Well, it turns you into, and gosh, is there a word in the English language that's strong enough? It's so far beyond a liar or a betrayer. Uh, it just it it turns you into someone who would throw somebody to a gruesome death to advance your needs. It makes you the worst sort of human. Yeah, I mean, because it is by one, proxy. It know? is one thing to you know be ashamed, embarrassed, sickened that your country is doing this, but if it's your own personal, God, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what that'd be like. Let me play you my favorite, the buck stops anywhere but here clip. Uh, clip 32. Again, this is Brad Sherman with Anthony Blinken. How meticulous was the planning for the Trump administration declared uh, May 1st uh, withdrawal? Well, thank you, Congressman. Uh, we, uh, we inherited a deadline. We did not inherit a plan. So <laughs> no, uh, no plan at all. Uh, it's amazing that it wasn't much, much worse. Okay, so that's a Democrat trying to make excuses, but Blinken makes his own excuse. We inherited a deadline of May, which you changed idiotically to September 11th. Then when everybody said, that's unspeakably stupid, you changed it again to August 31st. So in what sense did you inherit a deadline? It wasn't a hard deadline? No. If you could change the deadline from May to September, you could have changed it to November. You could have changed it to whatever the hell you want. Or you could have said the hell with the deadline because the Taliban didn't live up to the agreement that was made anyway. You could have done whatever you wanted to because you're the new administration. That claiming it's Trump's fault is the worst of passing the buck. I mean, just absolutely the worst. I don't understand the point of these discussions of who would have handled it better or worse, Trump or Biden. That's great for a college class or something, I guess. But what's that got to do with reality? Biden's president, he came in with this set of circumstances and this is with these cards to play, and this is how he played them. Just sad. The excuse-making is unbelievable. And, you know, were we not just emerging from the Trump presidency and the incredible tribalization of America and the rest of it, and and uh, for a sizable Trump of the po- uh, sizable Trump, a sizable share of the population... To be anti-Trump is is enough. That's the only thinking they need to do. If that were not there, if that anti-Trumpiness didn't exist on the Democratic side, how unpopular would Joe Biden be right now? Just if he were weighed against competence, if he were weighed against some moderate Democratic governor out there who ran against him or might run some other time. That's why it was such a brilliant political move by the president last Thursday. Cynical, awful but modernly brilliant for him to redivide us over this whole man vaccine mandate thing to get us back. Because don't you think that hearing would have felt completely different yesterday if we hadn't had another, you know, four days from Thursday till yesterday of, oh, that's right. I'm on this team. You're on that team. We hate each other that the president got going again over the vaccine. You're right. He rallied team spirit right before the hearing. I think it right. had an effect on the on the way it felt yesterday. 
yeah, he, you know, took a torch to the good of the American people and the policy and the rest of it and, and, you know, lifted his leg on it. But yeah, he, he reinvigorated his team and got back to blind, stupid loyalty, I guess. So Blinken was testifying before the House yesterday. He's going to be in front of the Senate today. And I don't know if the questioning will be any, um, uh, more forceful or any different or if he'll actually show up. He didn't show up yesterday. Let's play that clip just because I really like that one. Um, <laughs> Uh, 34. Mr. Blinken, assuming it's not classified, can you tell us where you are today? Uh, yes, I'm uh, at the State Department. Oh, couldn't couldn't be bothered to come ha- down here and see Congress. All right, that's great. <laughs> I'm not sure that was necessary, but I don't know. Oh, I enjoyed it, though. It was childish, you, but, uh, satisfying. You would think that there's a possibility with one of the biggest cluster blanks in a generation that the Secretary of State is defending that he'd uh, he'd want to be there in person, but... Or feel like he needed to be. He didn't. I think he was uh, pulling a maneuver many of us have have pulled during various Zoom meetings and that sort of thing. You like to be able to, uh, you know, pull the plug. Oh, oh, technical problems. (laughs) And you're gone. I think he was ready to hit the uh, disconnect. Oh, wait a minute. I'm losing you. I'm losing you. (laughs) I'm sorry. What did you say about Afghanistan? Yeah. Now, oh, speaking of bad messaging, you know, the more I look into the uh, the vaccine mandate, the more absurd it becomes that they just announced. We'll talk about that next hour. Awesome. If you ever miss an hour, you can get the podcast Armstrong and Getty dot com. Armstrong and Getty.